1: He even has the audacity to call himself the, quote-unquote, pod god. This is Severe MMA. 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 The Severe MMA podcast is finally here.
0: Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome, everybody. It's episode 333 of the Severe MMA. M-M-A podcast, my name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Kelechi Iheanacho of Irish MMA media, Graham MacDonald, as we take a look at, you know, in the world of mixed martial arts, possibly not the most exciting week in the world, we all not to you, not, the two events last night, well, the Bellator wasn't bad uh, from what I saw, but at the UFC, we, we will get it, we will get it to that anyway. Um... And I've been to do news myself as well, so we we will talk about that first up here today. But before that, attention, listeners. Uh, uh, today's today, uh, and uh, Graham, do you want to do the? Uh, do you want? <laughs> do you want to do the Champions League nice today? I did it the last day. Come on, let's do it together. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>
1: Uh, well people turn off the podcast before they've even been two minutes in yeah
0: i've had l4 complimented my uh my impressions the other day so i think i could go full time with the impressions now but anyway um the one chap- compliments
1: onto your head already
0: <laughs> oh I, I don't even know the compliment it was more laughing at me i think more than anything else well. anyway uh the champions of below the west grooming are here to save your balls you heard that right manscaped the best uh The the, uh, Manscaped, the best of the best and world champions of men's grooming are here uh, so you can stay clean and take care of yourself when it matters most. Manscaped is trusted by 2 million men worldwide join the movement for all your below the waist grooming needs with the code SEVEREME at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping on your order, that free shipping is, is beautiful, I was buying things this week and the shipping is insane so it's great to get it free from Manscaped uh, that's why Manscaped has the performance uh, package because uh, you, 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 you know you, people have some really bad memories of of shaving their balls down through the years. I remember when we were coming up, Graham it was. Uh, every man for himself, kind of job. Uh, but this thing is the real deal. The ultimate grooming package uh, is, is for an absolute champion. Includes the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker uh, as well for your nose and ear, as, along with the for, uh, liquid formations, which get you smelling good, and the free travel bag and boxers. Uh, the package uh, stars their redesigned electric trimmer, of 4.0, as I mentioned. Uh, It's for the best hygiene for the modern man, perfect for the proper footballer all over the globe too. The fourth generation trimmer features that amazing cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming incidents because of their advanced skin safe technology, 7,000 RPM motor, on and off switch, all that, even waterproof. Uh, It also comes with the weed rocker, this perfect package 4.0 to get those ear and nose hairs trimmed. Uh, it's waterproof also on a 9,000.
1: I, 000... I know you've had some awful problems oh, with yeah. those, those nose and ear hair. Do <laughs> I,
0: I, you know what? I, I actually found my one the other day because I was painting my room and it was tucked away somewhere. I think I said this last night, but I was trying to like trim my nose and ear hair don't I, I don't have any, so I'm, I'm young enough now so far. I'll keep, it, I'll keep it in the back of the fucking wardrobe just when I when I do need it. But anyway, uh, it's a proprietary skin safe technology that helps prevent sneak snags uh, and tugs in those delicate holes. You can't forget about the liquid formation Stew, which i love i use all the time um they're they're uh, the best before uh, the final whistle kicks off use the cro- or the first whistle kicks off even use the crop preserver to feel fresh and a crop reviver to give your balls a boost at halftime the package is head to toe top class and an easy choice for the best footballers in europe with the word balls uh, you know emphasize there. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code severe MMA at Manscaped.com. Get the perfect package for your package and be a champion. So get 20% off with free shipping at the code SevereMMA at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use the code severe. MMA. Shoot for glory this year with the best tools for the job from Manscaped. Actually, b- my uh, my favorite Instagram Severe M fan uh, uh, was uh, was tweeting or was uh, not tweeting, was uh, Instagramming this week. Uh, uh, Adriana Grieve, she's my favorite, she's the best, and she's uh, she just, she just tuned in this week to listen to the Manscaped uh to read. So that's uh, that's what I, that's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. So uh, we need more people on Instagram. Share us and, and tell everyone. Uh tell, uh, tell everyone about us. So anyway, um, uh, right. Let's let's start off. I suppose myself because I've been the news this week that uh I was going to be doing a few new podcasts at Dog and just uh just very briefly here. Uh, nothing will be changing here. Still be doing this podcast every. Choose uh, Tuesday, Tuesday or Monday or Sunday. Yeah. The, every it's been Sunday. A long time since we've done it on Tuesday. <laughs> it actually, has, <laughs> yeah, we start off on Tuesday and then it just reversed throughout the week. But yeah, still be doing this. Still have the Patreon. um I think we're actually. I know we've, we've talked about about. you I think your series might be starting either this week or next week. My seven Ian actually have a new series as well called the Contender. Uh, looking at contenders, basically. We're looking at Leon Edwards this week, and the week after, uh, we're going to be talking about Seattle Gagne, even though he's the interim champion. But you, you get what I mean, anyway. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, I, I decided myself, well, I talked to you, it wasn't even that long ago, maybe a month or so, I kind of wanted to do a little bit more, and maybe go full-time and try to, you know, turn this into somewhat of a real job after, like, eight years of, of doing it. Kind of treating it as a real job, but maybe not getting the... Uh, the adulation, or adulation the uh, the pay that a real job would get. So rewards. It, uh, <laughs> rewards, yeah. So I've finally kind of done that. And obviously with the Patreons, I wouldn't be able to do without the Patreon. So if that went away today, I'd be back to fucking, you know, n- <laughs> not having MMA as a job. So I appreciate everyone. And if you want to sign up to patreon.com forward slash severe map, I guess I really actually do need it now. So, uh, so keep it going. Uh, so that'd be absolutely perfect. So I'm going to be doing, for sure, dog, I'm going to be doing... Um, a one show week that's just whatever I want that leader come out on a Tuesday or a Thursday. So it doesn't really clash with or sorry, Tuesday or Friday. So it doesn't really clash with, with any of the, the severe stuff I uh, it's American time so it'll be in the evening I'll still have the Q&A Tuesday morning and then I will have the uh, the betting show every Thursday and every Wednesday I'll have a preview for either Bellator or PFL or something so uh, yeah it's we, we don't do that many previews here and it's usually if we do it's a big UFC card so I won't be clashing really it's very very little actually be clashing maybe the Irish card upcoming the, the Bellator card but other than that not really much so yeah it's it's great and um, I, I own I, I was talking to you Graham about it even as well like Sherdog is probably the only place I would go at the moment because we've worked with him before, you know, we've done videos with him and we've done, I've done a few articles with him and literally when I was sending my articles into Sherdog, I was sending it in, I I would get tanks back and then three weeks later it would be up on on, uh, on the website or or a week later or whatever. And that's kind of what I want, you know, I i'm very very low uh low key low kind of chat about it let's create good content let's put it up there let's get it out and that's exactly what it's been it's been fantastic so no, far. I, I,
1: I think they should get you on a, a bi-weekly conference call with the whole team oh my god uh, yeah five <laughs> <That's, yeah. That's laughs> at five, five a.m <laughs> our time that sounds about right
0: that's that's the start of i actually asked mike did he want to do a zoom to like discuss the shows and stuff and he was like no i i, <laughs> and I was like okay yeah i'm in so yeah, after that put per- perfect perfect <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah, so not with severe may is changing for me anyway, and uh, and the lads as well. It's it's uh, full steam ahead. I'll actually probably be able to do a little bit more now and stuff as well. So yeah, it's great. And the Patreon, like the Patreon, has really kicked off over the last while. Um, so yeah, and like when I got into MMA as well. I, you know, I didn't really want this to be honest, or didn't it was something I didn't want to even think about this. But over the last while, I've just since we started the Patreon, I think uh, for me, I've kind of kind of it's gone to another level because when I I said this before, if I ask someone to pay a five a month. I fucking have to <laughs> provide them with a service that's worth a five or a month and that to me is this podcast on a Sunday, the Q&A and then at least two more podcasts so I'm giving them yeah. some sort of money's think, worth you
1: know? That shows when, when you go to take like a weekend off or a week off you're always like panicking lining up like extra shows and it ends up being actually more content yeah. than if you didn't take a break
0: <laughs> Yeah so, yeah, that is me, I, I would never ask someone for money or to consume something unless I thought it was worth it so yeah and uh, I, I then I just, you know it's it's been too much work to like keep it going and not be kind of full time since then. So um, I decided to to kind of step in with Sherlock and then it's they're great and hopefully uh, it lasts forever. But if not, at least I gave it a try anyway. And look, we, we will see how it goes. Fortune favors the brave, and hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll favor me. But uh, yeah, I, I appreciate your help throughout the years, Graham. It's been uh, it's been a fun ride, and long may I continue here with severe May. Like I feel as well with severe May We're we're less of I think we're less of, like, a private entity than maybe, like, a public service, like, for for Irish fighters. I even saw, like, Ian and the lads last night talking about that Cage Legacy show, show and and Quiltia had the preview for Cage Legacy up as well, you know. And covering the next batch of Irish MMA fighters coming through, I feel like we have a kind of a responsibility to do that and to be at events. You know, there's no one really covering Irish MMA at the moment like there's no one that there used to be loads of different people but it's very very sparsely covered yeah, well, these people days
1: you know kind of come and go people yeah. kind of see it as oh i come in and i'll make a load of cash or some kind of like you know the way we get commented on oh if you lost this credential you, you'd be out of your mansion or whatever basically what yeah. people are saying <laughs> but people get into the game and realize that it actually costs you money to, to cover this sport yeah so uh they get out pretty quickly usually
0: 100 mm-hmm, percent. yeah so I, I feel like if if we left if we weren't doing it there would literally be no voice. Like Ariel even said it there a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about Ian Gary, it's like, you know, the Irish MMA scene covers it very well. And you know, not to pat ourselves on the back, not to get that T shirt from that pro wrestler with the with the with the handprint on the back, but who else is doing it? Like there re, there really is nobody else. There was a few, as you said, they could they go in and out, but you know, and I hope more come in, and I hope more do it as well. And if more people want to join us and and do it that way, it's it's great. But um, yeah, it's great to have the support to Patreon. And if more people would like to sign up to help us to continue to do that, you know, we talked last week. We started off the podcast talking about Irish MMA the week before, with we, you know talking about Queedy and Shane Cavanaugh. The week before, we were talking about Paul Hughes. So it's not just us. We you know it'd be better for us to just start talking about the UFC and we bring in more viewers and everything like that. But I feel like we provide that fucking public service as well. And for me, I. I would find it very hard to kind of let people down and stop doing that because people like that. You know, even I. Read, we've loads of Irish Americans that tune in and listen to us, and Irish people themselves in the fight, lots of fighters tune in and listen as well. And, you know, whether we're saying good or bad things, we're still fucking covering it. And that's the toughest thing in MMA to get someone to cover you who has a voice. You know, we have. You know, put a long time into it, built our social medias, built our opinion up that it kind of matters in a certain way. I even had, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I say, but I had someone reach out to me this week and go say, you know, well done, do a job and all. And they basically told me that they fucking hated me for years because, uh, because of the shit I used to talk about them and their organization or whatever. And, uh, and now they, they, they respect me because I did it, because they know I was right on luck. So <clears throat> that's what you get here. You know, the thing about the credentials as well, Brian, before we move on to the fights here now in a second, but the thing about, you know, you talked about credentials, if you lose your credentials, I think we we don't care about that in, like, an obtuse sort of way. It's like, if I lose my credentials, right, I'm probably doing something right. Hey, look, if I go in and I fucking punch someone and press throw and lose my credentials, I'm probably not. But if I say something on this podcast, and it is, you know, UFC, Beltor, or cage World, Bama, whoever the fuck it is, should not do this. It's disgraceful that they're doing this. Then are are just complaining about something constantly because it's wrong, and they're pulling my credential Well, who am I serving then? Like I'm serving the listener here. I, like if I'm complaining about a fucking UFC TV deal or you know whatever it might be, I I guarantee you there's fucking uh, you know ten thousand people listening to this who are complaining and thinking about the same thing. And you know that's what always what I've thought my voice would be. Just the people listening to this but a bit louder maybe or a bit more you know with, with uh seven years of fucking talking shit behind me so yeah I, that, and that's what i kind of want to continue to do for irish mma and beyond irish mma as well which we've always done in this podcast and uh you know which i'll be doing uh, as well on Sherdog, and because uh, i've kind of scoped to do whatever i want I, I will be doing the kind of interviews and stuff there as well but yeah, so you'll be hearing a lot from me. You'll be hearing a lot from me. I love at least like five shows a week. So yeah, I'm your daily, uh, I'm your daily radio host now, basically at this stage. But anyway, uh, yeah. So fair play to you, Graham, and thanks to you know all the yeah, lads. Down to you. Ears. Thanks, oh man, I appreciate it.
1: Well, well um, done, yeah. Keep keep up the good work, as I say. Uh, you've you've obviously uh, been covering the game, the the MMA game for a long time. When I when I first got onto you, you were kind of more of a an mma or a ufc guy you were kind of like i think everybody kind of starts off like that but you were like that you were like i don't really know about these irish guys but we we sucked you in uh we sucked you in with uh with uh with the with the irish scene in the end and obviously uh for the last what five years you've been all over that and uh you know uh, hopefully you know hopefully sure dog can 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 work out and people support you on that and share the videos and you know like uh, retweet the tweets and all that stuff because uh you know the, the more it gets around the more people know about it and obviously the the more happy everybody will be with it
0: yeah, hundred percent. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Graham. And uh, you know, we, we, Severe and are kind of partners anyway, don't the years so it's not really a, it's not really going up against a competitor at <laughs> is it yeah, well they were either.
1: they were always great for you know when we made like a McGregor video or a Penn Dread video or you know ten thousand errors or whatever the documentary back like ten years ago, they would put it up. We'd send Jordan Breen or one of the Greg Savage, one of the guys, a, a message, and they'd stick it up on the website, and you know. Back then, when the Irish MMA scene was absolutely tiny, that was a, that was a big deal. Like, and uh, it gave us a bit of exposure. And and you know, obviously, uh, you've worked with them in the past, and we've we've done various things with them over the years. So yeah, it's, I think it's a good fit.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and, like they're the OGs as well. And I I like Shar right now. Are probably like not the MMA fighting, MMA junkies. But I I have no problem with that. I like that. I like like if I don't know. I I'm the sort of person who likes to not be given that much instruction and have a bit of trust from people. And I wrote, I wrote that in my tweet the other day, that trust. Very, very important to me. Like, it's very important to me that I can kind of produce what I want. And i talked about this in this podcast many times, over and over and over. And that's not just bullshit. I fully believe that. Like, if if I went anywhere they were trying to stop me from saying something, or, like, you can't talk to this person or do this or whatever, you know, within reason, obviously. I, I just, I don't think I could do it, to be honest. So, I am... Um yeah, glad to have that trust, and I appreciate everyone' lots of support this week. I appreciate every single one of your fair play to you. So uh, yeah, onwards and upwards, and let's let's continue. If you my podcast every Sunday, uh, Patreon all week, every week, and uh, Dog as well uh, in in the midweek, so you'll have plenty of content to keep you going. Right, let's get into the fights. Um, let's. I think we'll start off with the UFC last night. Um, oh God! It, 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 okay, last week we came on. And we spoke about the Dern versus Rodriguez fight, and I think it was on this um, on this podcast or, or the card even, or maybe it was on the Q and A that I, I spoke about like it not being the best in the world in terms of like big finishes or meaningful matchups, but there was like a very high level of skill throughout it, even though we you know no one was ranked or anything like that. It was it was very very good. This one. There was, look, there was some good skill throughout it. Don't get me wrong. There is in every UFC fight. There is in most fights in, in the world these days. But I just felt like it was such low-level MMA. <clears throat> the fights, like, I'm, I'm not sure who won fight at night, but nothing to me stood out. It was uh, It was a bad card on paper... And it was a bad card in practice. It was honestly, it was. I was up since half seven yesterday in the morning, and this was on. I know it was an earlier card, but it was a fucking tough watch. Uh, oh, did you have the same feelings as me, Graham? I, I assume. Yeah, me. at
1: least at least it wasn't one of these fifteen fight cards, or it would have been even more torturous. But uh, yeah, like you know, it wasn't. There was as you said there was some there were some good moments like obviously jim miller uh, that was that, that was a nice moment a big overhand left his first knockout in in decades and you know uh, it's good to see a veteran like that like you know uh, still still doing it. But you know <sighs> yeah it, it seemed like you know it seemed like an undercard to to a pay-per-view or to a to a bigger card like maybe you know if you had three fights on top of this it would have been a good card but this just seemed to be lacking, even you know, even if Aspen Lad hadn't hadn't ever placed Holly Home, I don't think that would have saved the card either. You know, Holly Home isn't exactly the most exciting fighter, um, 90% of the time. Um, yeah, I just think it, it's just a Bad card on paper and a bad card in practice, as you said.
0: Yeah, it was, it was poor. It was really poor. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about next week, but I don't think next week is much better. But thankfully, we have two UFC pay per views coming up with the big Ireland Bellator card as well. So we have, we have some stuff to look forward to here. But on this card, um, sort of, we'll start from the bottom and I'll work the way up and we'll talk maybe a little bit more about the, the bigger fights. Uh, but uh, Karen and beat be by rear neck a choke in the third round of the. Uh or the, the the third minute of the third round even. Uh I didn't see all of that fight, but a nice rear naked choke and the end Dana Batrick got a beautiful left hook or, or a right hand KO. He threw the left hook first, kinda missed it. Uh but it opened him up and he got a beautiful finish over over Brandon Davis there, moves to ten and two. Uh Luina Carolina versus Lupi uh Godina. Lupi took the fight on what was it, a week's notice she fought last week, so we probably talked about her in last week's podcast. Uh she won round one. She almost had an armbar at the end of it. It was all Carolina in round two and I thought it was very close in round three I just gave it to Godinez but absolutely nothing wrong with uh with giving it to Carolina here um, you know good back and forth fight I feel like I feel like this is the type of fight that if Godinez had fought against Carolina last week she probably would have won this fight but you know there's just a little bit taken out of her uh, I think uh, you know, fighting no time to week. read
1: game plan as well. Yeah, and, yeah it's tough, very, very tough. Another weight
0: cut, all that stuff. Yeah, I she And even though she was fighting up a weight, she probably still had a bit of weight to cut. You know, probably had a few pizzas after the fight last week. So, and you couldn't blame her. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, Emiav versus Robertson. Emiav came out and he won the first. Um, next, to her close, but Roberts Roberts won him. He just was a tad more effective with his striking, and I think. It was one of those ones where a lot of people thought Emiev won it. Um, there was a lot of kind of pushing against the cage, half taking him down. But I just thought Danny Roberts was landing the harder shots. If you look at the stats, I don't know I've looked at them, it probably Meev landed more strikes. But Danny Roberts, every time he hit, it felt like it had a little bit more force than what Amiev uh, hit with. And Danny Roberts is one of these guys where I, I think he's a little bit underrated. Like, he... He has some good wins, and he always puts on a tough fight. And you know his record of eighteen and five now, so it's you know not the bad, not the worst record in the world. But uh, he beat him in his fight before this, and it's two years out of the cage as well. You know he's fought David Zawada, beat Oliver in camp. You know he's some very very good wins. Even you know fighting in cage warriors, he beat the likes of you know Jim Wallhead and Henry Felipe, who we know very well, and Jack Mason. Um, so he's some uh, you know. Hot chocolate, he's a very, very good fighter and maybe a little bit underrated in that, uh, in that welterweight division. And I'm just looking here on, on topology as well, and I said he was due to fight uh, Tim Means and, and Nicholas Dalby over the last year or so. I wouldn't mind seeing that Nicholas Dalby fight uh, again if that's something they want to, to put on. But this is a very, very good win over Emia if he wasn't, uh, wasn't favoured to win this. But good performance from, from uh, Danny, Danny Roberts, if not the most spectacular, Graham.
1: Yeah, I think you know he's been in a few of these really close fights, and I think the it all came down to the second round. Um, I think I think Roberts won the third, and Emmyev won the won the first. Uh, you know, I'd have to go back and watch with a fine two come, but I would I would lean towards Roberts just on on first watch. And you know that as you said, he's had some good wins. He's in he's in there against experienced guys. He hasn't taken an easy route, but. Uh, you know, I think when he comes up against the upper echelon guys, he, he he's going to struggle.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably, he probably will too. But he was back in uh, in England training for this fight and he had been training over in Sanford MMA. So hopefully, if he can get back there as well, and, you know, with the, the coronavirus maybe slowing down a little bit, hopefully, uh, Hopefully that's the thing that will uh, push his game on again, but we, we we shall see on that. After that, then became uh, became or came Andrew Sanchez versus Bruno Silva. Now this was <clears throat> this was an interesting fight just because it was a very good comeback. Uh, Sanchez won the first two rounds with lots of takedowns and just making it tough on Silva. But then there was a load of fucking ball kicks just throughout the fight. Uh, Sanchez had a point taken, and Silva immediately upped the pace after that. Just throwing lots of shots. And there was one stage where it looked looked like he was getting a little bit tired and Sanchez might have survived. But then I think Sanchez got hurt by one shot. But also the tiredness from his side really, really played a factor. Um, And then the pace got upped again by Silva and he could see it. And uh, he got a a standing stoppage. A good, Good stoppage by, uh, by Key Peterson. I thought, well, what do you think of this one? This was, th- this was probably fight at night, I suppose. But I didn't uh, see who won it, but uh, yeah. this would be up to, San-
1: to Sanchez was looking good. And as you said, it's kind of hard. Sometimes when people are really tired, it's hard to know if they're actually rocked or they're just going to... Exhausted, <laughs> or both, and I, I think Silva kind of just decided, oh, okay, he's hurt, or even if he isn't, this is this is my chance. You know, point's just been taken. I've lost the first two rounds. I've kind of, I've got to make it happen, and and he did, you know, and yeah, no, I think it was a good stoppage. It's easy to kind of let it go a little bit longer when when the guy's two rounds up, even if the point has been taken. But, you know, the fight's been kind of going his way. But, uh yeah, I think um just due to, like, how tired he was and, you know, he took a, a lot of punishment at the end. So, I think w- I agree to keep Peterson made a good, a, good, uh, a well-timed stoppage there.
0: Yeah, 100%, 100% I, w- I would agree with that. Uh Next fight up was Nate Landwehr versus Ludovic Klein. Now, Let Nate Landwehr is one of these lads where, when I saw him first, right, he he so he's this this mad American lad if anyone remembers him. And um okay he like came in he lost to Herbert Burns, nothing wrong with that. But then he beat Darren Elkins and I was like, oh, this, this guy is pretty good. Then he got flying knee KO'd against Julian Rose. I was like, wait, well, maybe, maybe actually overestimated him. And then he came in against Ludovic Klein and finished him and looked you know, it didn't look great. But it, he's one of these guys I I find it very hard. To analyze him, I don't know whether he is like a guy on the way up who's going to be. Is he?
1: You know, uh, yeah. Could he? Is he inconsistent or is he? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean. Or has he? Did he get unlucky with that? We don't really know yet. But you know, he went in there and got a nice anaconda finish against a, against a good guy. So uh, you know, maybe maybe he's learned from his mistakes. Obviously, you know, um, you know, he's got a long way to. As you said, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't look like a world beater in there or anything. But. Uh, you know, it's a good win, it's a solid win. Um I think I think, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't put him on any prospect lists, but you know, he's one and maybe could surprise you.
0: Yeah, he I would agree. He's thirty three years of age as well. You know, he's fought I, I saw him last night mentioning on uh uh, on the uh, on the broadcast he's fought all around the world he's fought you know in M1 and over in fucking Russia and all different places so you know that'll stand to you too you know we talked about Peter Quigley last week fighting all over the world and how that stands to people and I think that you know that that might be a, that might be a good thing for him as he goes through his career he's seen different styles and knows different fighters so yeah I'd be very interested to see where he goes he uh, like he, he definitely is one of those lads where you know you saw uh, Charles Rosa last week and he won one lost one won one lost one and in it for like 10 fights in a row I feel like Glanware might be one of them where every time we see him win he looks good and every time we see him lose he looks bad but I suppose that's kind of uh, that's MMA me in a vacuum isn't it but anyway last night uh, last night I win for him and he looked good um, The probably the standout performance for me on this card was uh, Manon Fio uh, who beat uh, Bueno Silva here uh, she won the first two with just striking output basically uh Buena Silva was tra- uh threatening with subs at the end of the first. Uh, uh she brought it in the second, but that was the closest round. She she lost both of those and Firo just smashed her in the third round. Like I, I was looking at this and one of my eight there, do you think? Um yeah, maybe. One I... of the judges
1: one of the judges actually gave a ten eight, I think. Uh, or was that, yeah. that that fine? I think yeah, so. Yeah,
0: I'm not sure. But um Look, I think. Do you know what a weird thing is here, Ryan? Right? And not necessarily for Firo, but people have this thing right. So after the fight, uh, Michael Bisping said that we could have a new challenger for Valentina Shevchenko, and almost in an ashamed way, it's like, oh, I could, how can I say that? But like, what's wrong with saying someone could be the next challenger? And you're not saying you're going, they're going to beat him or anything like that. But also even if you are thinking someone could beat him what, like what's wrong with that everyone has been beaten in MMA like Anderson Silva got beaten by Chris Weidman you know Jose Alda got beaten by Conor McGregor Yeah, well everyone. when
1: Ioana and Jacek was a champion and other people were coming up yeah. I'm sure you know it was the same situation
0: mm-hmm. there, there is someone who will beat you is going to lose she's already lost to the UFC to a to, to do this like there is another Shevchenko coming. There is another Nunes coming. It's going to happen, and I feel like if we just write everyone off coming up, and I said the exact same thing about Casey O'Neill a couple of weeks ago. Like Casey O'Neill is a top, top class fighter. She could be the champion of the world, and she's only a few fights in. Like why write her off? And the same will go for Firo. Yeah.
1: She, don't write them off, but don't rush them either. There's, exactly. There's, yeah. Like it's a fine balance.
0: Yeah, but I think like the shame about talking. How could we even match someone against Shevchenko? Like Shevchenko needs to be matched. Shevchenko needs fights. You know, she would be much of a fighter. If she didn't fight and she's a fantastic fighter don't get me wrong and you know if they fought tomorrow i know who, I, who everyone would be picking but still at the same time i th- i don't know it's it's just t- to say like why, why why even bother you're just already kind of dragging everyone down Sh- shinko firo or everyone it's like a long, people have a long way to go to reach a level of shishinko but that happens in all sports. Oh, it, it really does. Like, look at Man City in, in the soccer getting fucking 100 points, and then what happens? Liverpool come on and do the same thing two seasons in a row. You know, that's, it just happens that way, and people change the yardstick and the level for greatness, and then other people strive to reach it, and someone will do it. You know, I'm not saying it's Firo, I'm not saying it's Casey O'Neill, but someone will do it, and we... We need to kind of watch that as it happens, and I just think there's no need to be ashamed of doing that. You might be wrong, you know, and uh, absolutely you might be wrong, but that's that's the kind of job doing. that's the, I, I think, a more positive way of looking at MMA that way, rather than just saying, ah, no one will ever beat her, you know, because they will. Cyborg got beat, you know, and everyone that no one would ever beat Cyborg, and she got beat. Nunes has been beaten, you know, they've Ronda all been beaten. Well, yeah? So Ronda, yeah, so... That's what I thought. But anyway, on Firo, a good performance. You know, Spuna Silva, I watched a few of her fights, and she's very, very good on the ground. You know, Firo went down with her, and she looked, she almost got caught at the end of the first, but not, she wasn't in grave danger or anything like that. And uh, she took her down and won well on the ground after that and just destroyed her on the feed. Uh, she looks like she's good cardio and stuff. So she reminds me a little bit of Holly Holm, you know, you mentioned earlier on, uh, who was supposed to be on this card. And, um... At one hundred twenty-five pounds, if she keeps improving and improving and improving, her striking is very good, and she can make a close matchup against lots of people in that division. Maybe even Valentina Shevchenko. So let's uh, <laughs> let's let's see how that goes. I'm putting it out there. I'm not ashamed to say it. Right. Um, so the next fight I did was Jim Miller against Eric Gonzalez. Um, this to me was like one of the worst kicks ever thrown in the UFC by Gonzalez. He just threw like a front kick. Just kind of walked wide open yeah. <laughs> into Jim Miller and he just fucking knocked him out. The first round, they were just kind of countering each other, almost knocking each other out for the whole fight. Um, it was great to see Jim Miller. Like a lot of people, I saw someone putting up on, on Twitter like their picks and it was like, I don't care. And then Jim Miller <laughs> it was one of those cards. Like, okay, Arlovsky, maybe a little bit as well. But uh, Jim Miller was the one person who I think the hardcore fans were tuning in for in this one. And uh, he he produced so yeah very good yeah because I think uh, yeah. people
1: knew the Arlovski fight was going to be boring like it was going to be kind of a you know him trying to methodically win a point fight but Jim Miller has never been like that you know he's always gone for finishes mainly submissions but it, it was good to see him get the get that big left he was he he was going for that big left hand I don't know how Gonzalez wasn't wasn't aware of that that was basically the only thing that was working for Miller and um obviously his corner his corner advice didn't really eric uh, gonzalez didn't really take it on, take it on board and kind of immediately got knocked out with the with the left hand his his corner kind of said to him uh, oh you've taken his big his his biggest shots or his biggest power how do you feel and he didn't really say anything and then a few seconds later he's knocked out Oh
0: well uh, <laughs> that didn't well. <age> really. <laughs> jesus poor lad but yeah he didn't look great gonzalez and his ufc debut and um Jim Miller's a tough guy to get in your UFC debut as well. In fairness, so I, I wouldn't know ruled yeah, him out. there can be others.
1: a lot of pressure on your on your UFC debut, a lot of nerves, all that stuff as well. Like you know, uh, that that can play into it as well. But yeah, he didn't he didn't look good.
0: Yeah, indeed. Uh, so the Arlovsky fight, you kind of already broke it down there. Arlovsky won the first, close second, and Felipe in the third. I thought Arlovsky got more tired maybe in this fight than he has in in uh, in, yeah. in previous fights. Um,
1: but then Felipe caught up with the tiredness pretty quickly, and <laughs> <opportunity laughs> he, he did actually. Yeah.
0: That's, <laughs> that's a very good way to put it. I must say, but yeah, I look. I thought this would actually be a little bit easier for Arlovsky, to be honest. Uh, but he. Um, he struggled It looked
1: like it was going to be. And then, yeah. he, as you mentioned, he started getting kind of tired and started trying to use a bit more head movement than actually his kicks to to keep the distance. And, you know, Felipe was kind of looking at the ground and throwing lefts and rights. And, you know, it nearly worked <laughs> a couple of times. But, uh, yeah, Alowski, yeah, think... fair play to him. You know, yeah. he's he's been around a long time. He's, what, 50-odd fights uh, UFC champion a long time ago. And he's changed his game completely. And he's still, you know, fairly relevant so yeah hats off to him
0: I I think I think the one thing with Arlovsky in this fight was like he kept and you mentioned there he kept moving his head he kept dipping his head down like under those big hooks and I feel like most fighters when you see someone doing that 50 times in a fight yeah. when eventually try but, an e or an uppercut. He knew
1: Felipe was was left and right and yeah. that, that was about <laughs> it.
0: he's the most simplistic fighter of all time just like get your head down and uh, I may not go for a couple of takedowns as well there was there was a couple of fights like that actually and in, in Bellator as well we we'll get to that but uh yeah like I feel I don't know we maybe it's a it's a bigger point than a, a point for another podcast but you often talk about it, Graham, like changing things up a little bit, just going for a takedown at certain points in a fight just to change things up. Even just
1: the threat of it yeah. being in the mind is, is huge, I think.
0: Yeah, and I feel like something like that for Arlovsky, and and for people like that, you know, who, are, what do are we expect every time Arlovsky fights? We're expecting probably a three-round decision where he's trying to avoid someone and, and land. And, like, I wouldn't say Arlovsky is, like, fucking by or anything like that where he's dancing around you but at heavyweight you know he probably is but if he just did throw in that three or four minutes on top after you know winning the first minute or two of the fight yeah,
1: he could even take a rest there you know yeah. and kind of uh, demoralize Felipe for example and you know make Felipe you know use uh, use explosion and strength that maybe is is dwindling to, mm-hmm. to get up and you know just give himself that breather and, and then go back to kind of you know, using using the distance to keep them away,
0: yeah. At heavyweight, <laughs> heavyweight, I definitely think that's a tactic people need to use more. But anyway, um, the, the women's heavyweight, in as I like to call it, 145, although it's 155 in PFL as well. So maybe not, maybe light heavy. I'd love if they actually changed the women's divisions and made it like you know, let's say make 165 heavyweight and 155. Um, you know, light heavyweight or whatever it might be. I, I I think that'd be cool. I don't know, maybe not. But anyway, uh, Norman Demand versus Aspinat, I'll re- I'll read everyone out my notes here that I took in this fight because there weren't many. Right, round one, jabs from Demont, and I, I'll I'll say another thing. I'll say that in a sec about a lad moving her feet. Round two, jabs. Round three, more shots from Demont, Bit of clinching, nothing of note. Round four, clinch at the start. Demont jabs. DeMont's trip takedown, a sweep, 25 seconds of ground a pound from Ladd, and round five, clinch all around, Lad won it, broke DeMont's nose maybe. Th- that's it, that's basically the story of the fight. It was a very, very uneventful fight. One where the commentators just spoke about Ladd for the whole fight, even though she was just getting jabbed up for the absolute whole fight. Like DeMont, at, at the end of the second round, I was thinking about DeMont's like, why would she bother changing up anything here? This fight is so easy.
1: Cruising to to an easy victory. It was
0: so so easy. It reminded me of someone say like a Man City. They get two 0 up, and then they just pass the ball around for like the next seventy minutes. You know, it was it was a, just a little bit like that. She just and the
1: other team are just like, yeah, fair enough. We don't want to lose five 0 <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. And and lad, like a lot of people are giving out about lad's corner as well, and saying they were too harsh or whatever. I didn't think they were fucking harsh enough. Like she was.
1: They should have been saying it earlier, because yeah, like if you're just gonna cruise to a to a loss, like you know, you might as well change something up. You might as well take a few risks, even if you're putting yourself self in potentially bad positions. You you got to make something happen. You can't just let Dumont have it all her own way and just cruise.
0: Yeah, the one look, the one big thing, and I think they could have done it was give her a little bit more technical advice with it. But some fighter like Felipe, you see that he kind of roaring at him. Like I, I, I did people miss that because they were absolutely. Shouting in his face between the uh, before the second and third rounds, telling him to get out there, and like, you know, it worked in, in a certain manner. He came out and made those rounds closer. But I, I think you need a bit of that. And if Lad is a person who needs G up, maybe maybe that's what works for her. But you also need to tell her like Jason Prill last week, telling McKinsey Dern, you know, jab twice to get inside to get to the takedown. Like Lad is Lad is a takedown artist. She, she just didn't hardly even bothered trying to wrestle. You know, and Firo did a good job, especially when it got to the clinch. She got that overhook, as been commented on very well, and said, like, she she doesn't need to take any risk here. You know, this is... Um, uh, this is the perfect position for her. She can just hold her here. There's no real threat of a takedown. She's ahead in the fight. But I thought, just going back to the start again, and from lad and where it all went wrong from the start, like, she came out, and she had, like, this... Uh, and I don't think she's necessarily fought like this before, maybe in bits and bits and pieces, but she had this high guard with her hands and this like short foot movement where she was just like like, she was, like, it was like she was wearing slippers in the fight. It, it was weird. She was just, like, torn in the whole time. These short steps inside.
1: It's like her, her, Herschel Walker. Do you remember Herschel
0: Walker? Yeah. <laughs> but it was so weird. I, I Like, what she reminded me of was, like, Brian Ortega coming out to fight the Korean zombie, but without any of the effectiveness. She just thought she was a world-class striker after a couple of years off. And she just absolutely wasn't. She was just getting taken apart. And, like, her face was red after about... 90 seconds of the fight and it was just not going well for her and she was just wide open for the jab for the like for the first three rounds that was all it was it was just her getting jabbed up and uh, even for the first fucking three and a half rounds it was like that it was like I wouldn't necessarily blame her totally for that either I think that's a bad game plan Um and your coaches should be able to see that your striking is not on a level of someone like Demont, like I went and watched a good bit of Demont coming into this, and you couldn't help me but be impressed by her striking, she's a very good technical striker, and hits hard as well, and now Demont, our um, lad did a good job of not getting hit hard really, and of not taking too much damage, but at a certain point, you're like, all you're doing is not taking damage, you know, and, even, and I'm not saying just go in and get fucking knocked out or anything like that, but go in there and Try something different, you know. Get takedowns, get her against the cage, hold her there. Refuse to just be like stuck at the end of the jab, and that's easier said than done, you know. Even Bisping said that himself, but like it was, it was bad. But it, it, in another way, then like Lad, I, I feel like Lad. What or um Dumont? What she did very well in this fight, and and what I, I think is a very very good thing for anyone to do. We always talk about you know getting someone at. Uh, Inside the circle, or refusing to let someone push forward, to push back, whatever it might be, to control, you know, control the octagon. I thought she controlled the pace of the fight very well, and just like stuck her at the end of that jab and refused to let Lad change the pace. And then Lad was just she wasn't proactive enough to change that, you know, to change what was making the change of pace impossible. If you get me, it's just it was one of those fights you knew from the first couple of minutes that there was very little lad was going to do or kind of could do and uh and Dumont just cruised and look she's a very very good fighter she's 7-1 and now I like I would like to see her fight Amanda Nudes I think that wouldn't be a bad fight at all now maybe get her a few more fights first eight fights into fight Nudes would be maybe a bit of a stretch but um yeah I I enjoyed her performance an awful lot of times it was a good technical performance not the blow away not something that you will uh you'll remember forever but I'm a big fan of the jabs and uh yeah, I was uh, I was impressed by Demontier. Any, any closing thoughts on that ground before we uh, before we move on and talk a little bit about Bellator maybe here?
1: Yeah, well maybe you know Holly Holm was meant to fight in, on this card, yeah. so maybe maybe she could fight Holly Holm. I know it's it's still a bit early in her career for that, but she did look she does look very composed on there, and you know uh, be an interesting matchup against Holly Holm. Um, Holly likes to wait and counter, and I don't know I don't really know how that fight would look. It might be an extremely boring fight, but uh, I think it's a winnable fight for. So yeah, I think maybe you know maybe even one more before that and then Holly Home or Holly Home next.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh so yeah, let's move on to uh to Bellator, two six eight um, the undercard. Maria Henderson, who is the wife of Vincent Henderson, got a very, very good uh, bar win. I think arm um, armbar. I don't know it was a rear naked choke. Sorry, fuck. Rear Yeah, uh, yeah. But Jalen Bates got got an armbar armbar. Um, that was an amateur fight, apparently, which I didn't know. But she moves to two and o as an amateur now, and her opponent, Colette Santiago Owen Tree. Uh, Sullivan Colley moves to 2-0. He's a very good prospect. Uh, fighting out of Arizona as well, as is Jalen Bates, 4-0 now. Definitely a guy to keep an eye on. He's very, very good. Lance Gibson as well. You could say the same thing about him, 5-0. And uh, Samiko Ibana as well. Some all finishes for the, uh, the Bellator prospects here, uh, Xavier Torres v Gregory Miller. I actually didn't see that, but I was I watched a bit of both of them and I was expecting Torres to win that. I thought he might get a submission, but he didn't in the end. Uh, I think he retired afterwards as well, so fair play to him. Uh, Nick Brown won by a heel hook. He's the LFA lightweight champion, so he's coming into Bellator 12-1, so definitely a guy to, to look out for as well. Um, uh, Berkhamov uh, guillotined Jaleel Willis and then Carl uh, Albrechtson won the unanimous decision over Yasha Murdoch. So that's a big win for Albertson You know, um, he was true to fight Chris Fields Not too long ago, he's a win over Nimkov, uh, the champion So, you know, when this um, When, obviously Nimkov we, 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 No spoilers, but we get the Nimkov fighting in the, possibly In the <laughs> in the final If he won this fight last night, no spoilers uh, Albreksen might be the the next Guy there, you know, beating Yakshimordov Who was right up there, he moves to 13-3 Now, and um you know, he's uh he's been around for a good while and he's fought pretty well in Bellator, so it's a that's a big win for him there. Um Henry Corrales got a good win over Pad Brushinko, who's a very, very strong wrestler. Uh took him down early, but Corrales managed to to get back up and really made it an easy fight. Prab Brushenko is not the best fighter in the world. He's some he's some great takedowns and stuff, but He's not the smartest in the world that's setting him up and I think Corrales, after the first 15 seconds where he made a stupid mistake and just came inside and let him get taken down basically um was, uh, was was smarter after that and then managed to uh, managed to get the good uh, good win there uh, then Bryn Primus versus Binson Henderson this was a very fun fight for about 9 minutes i thought Binson hurt him or Binson was hurt even in in round 1 and almost subbed Uh, Round two, he landed the better stuff. Lay controlled by Primus, but I thought Vincent won that round. Uh, Primus had the back all the way through the third. Pretty uneventful fight. Like it was one of those ones where if it was any other position, but the back with the arm or with the uh, the body triangle cinched in it probably would have probably been stood
1: up yeah yeah. And... I don't think he can though because he was no. fishing for the, the choke and H- Henderson was holding on to his arm or his hand trying to, trying to stop him and you know in, in that situation all like you know maybe all he needs is to get his hand free and then that's finished so I, yeah I don't think the 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 ref can step in there and yeah. separate. I don't really like separations, even you know, unless it's a complete stalemate. I don't like early separations at all.
0: I love a separation. I'm i I was like thinking last night, like we need to bring in separations for this. No, 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 no. no, let them fight. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I'm not not in that situation. I wouldn't have, in fairness, but yeah, I, I like a separation. But Primus is an interesting cat. Like he's uh he's an odd yeah. fighter. He's like, he, he's a good boxer. He can hurt people, as we saw in the first round here. And then he's just really good jiu-jitsu, which, is, it makes him a fun fighter. It's just, uh, this was the first time he's ever had kind of a quick turnaround, and it's fucking three months since, <laughs> since his last fight. Um, but you could see as well for Benson Henderson that I think, and I, I spoke about this during the week, but, like, he, after the fight he had in Ireland, he came out and he said, I refuse to have another boring fight. I'm going to come out and I'm going to throw a shot in every fight and he did that yeah. again here. It's just not been. Well,
1: yeah, he jumped on a guillotine, and think, in the third round that ended up on his back, and you know something he never would have really done uh, back when he was kind of at the top of his game in WEC and at the UFC when he was when he was you know winning a lot of decisions uh, out rounding or out pointing people in rounds. So yeah, I think he's definitely changed. I know maybe you know. If he had have gone out there and fought like he did when he was UFC or WBC champion, he he might have been able to beat Primus. But as he as he said as he says, it would have been probably a boring fight, and he doesn't want to be in boring fights. And that's great and all, but you have to you have to get some wins in there, or or you just become you know washed up.
0: Yeah, like this was definitely this was definitely a start to fight it would have been way more boring three or four years ago than it was last night and I thought and he probably a, would have
1: won a close yeah, decision it definitely would have.
0: <laughs> yeah it's exactly it. but uh, yeah it feels like I don't know the weird thing about Benson is I see him and I don't necessarily think he looks worse as a fighter if you get me like I don't like, like I look at Bader and I watched his fights and I was like Bader's slower you know Brian Bader is not as fast as he used to be I don't really necessarily see that with Binson, I just I think he's trying to fight in a different way I've, I feel like people saying oh he's a little bit boring has kind of got to him and he's trying to fight in a more exciting sort of manner and it just didn't work out especially like against a guy like Primus who is who is dangerous and who can who's a very smart fighter as well I don't know is it the best thing to do and it, that's not going kind to of hurt him against Jason Jackson as well if you remember that like he got caught, stuck in the position for ages so uh, I don't know and this fight as well, there were a lot of people talking about it. The winner of this is going to be the challenger for Queeley versus Pitbull, whoever wins that fight. So this was a huge fight for Brinson for Henderson, a huge fight for Primus as well. And fair play to him. Look, he deserved to win him. It was a close fight. But um, yeah, it, f- it just felt like Henderson kind of maybe left this one behind him a little bit. But uh, having said that, Primus fully deserved it as well. So it was, um, you know, a relatively good fight. Uh, then the main event lasted 51 seconds Basically, they came out there. Ryan Bader jabbed Corey Anderson. Threw a big right hand, countered the jab, and knocked him out. Um, the referee gave him a good chance. In fairness, I, I thought Bader he tried and tried and tried, but there were just too many shots. Once and, he
1: was kind of lying face down, yeah, and eating rough. the shots. That was that was enough then.
0: Yeah, what like Corey Anderson. It, he has come to Bellator and this happens with some guys and he's you know, talked about getting paid more and talked about being happier and he has come out and he's, you know, I talked about a Vince in there letting his hands go. I feel like Corey Anderson has done that over his last three fights now as well. The Yaksha fight, the Man fight and now this one, he's coming out and he's not afraid to throw him and not afraid to let go of it. And it's worked out well for him. He's got, what well, he's, he's, did he, I think he finished Man off. he's got finishes in all three of his fights here now. Um, Corey Anderson is a good fighter, and Ryan Bader. Look, Ryan Bader. I think this is the last ebbs of Ryan Bader' career at the top level. He's still the heavyweight champion, which is fucking crazy. I didn't even remember that. I did a whole preview and never even fucking mentioned it. But they mentioned it on the on the thing last night, which is ridiculous. I know there's an is there an interim champion there at the moment. Maybe they can go back and and fight there. But um, yeah, like Bader. Bader was easy pickings for Anderson and this was a win that pro- probably looks better now than it'll ever look in the future you know and um, uh, Anderson versus the winner of Nimco versus St. Dickens which you'll get there will be a fun fight but what do you, what do you think of Anderson in overall like as a fighter and, and the win here it was, it was obviously a great well. shot and a great finish
1: yeah uh, Anderson obviously has some some very good wins you know even back in the UFC he's beaten Glover Teixeira who's fighting for the title next and Alir Latifi Johnny Walker obviously uh, Jan Blachowicz beat him in his, his last UFC fight but as you mentioned he's got three finishes since he since he came in um, to Bellator and he's just beaten their, their kind of long long time long time not that long but long enough time uh, Bellator champion Ryan Bader with with Bader I think you know maybe heavyweight will suit him better a little bit slower and as you mentioned he's kind of lost that kind of bringing a step so you know maybe maybe like you know he could kind of leave his his 205 days behind and not worry about weight cutting or keeping close to weight and just kind of you know be a heavyweight and you know We see a lot of older guys. Uh, what, what's Ryan Bader now? Nearly 40, probably. Yeah, 38, I think is, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you know, you have a bit more longevity in the, the heavyweight division than any other division, so that's probably the, where Ryan Bader, Ryan Bader's future should lie.
0: Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that, yeah. So, um, look, a good win for Anderson. He moves on to the final. Where he will be meeting uh, Julius... No, sorry, Vadim, <laughs> Vadim Nimkov, who... Um, who had a bit of a scare here, you know, and Glick has knocked him down and almost knocked him out. I know he said afterwards well, that he just fell. He, and it was, he did yeah, kind of just, it was wild. like a flash knockdown. Yeah. yeah. It, it definitely looked worse than, than it was, but for most lads, it probably would have knocked him out. Um But Nimkov, smart enough, he got the takedown immediately, ground the pound. He got up.
1: He kept but, going for arm bars though. Uh, what was yeah, that yeah. all about? Uh, yeah, it, like, it didn't work the first time and he lost position and then he went for it again. It didn't work. And yeah, um, yeah,
0: uh, I think, bars, I I think he realised it's such a huge advantage on the ground that he could just try stuff you know and could just go for stuff because uh, like Anglicus a, has a very good takedown game but I haven't seen much of him in the bottom I watched 3 or 4 of his fights before the fight but like it it felt like right if anyone who's watching Adekike before he is he's a very kind of robotic stand in the middle of the cage and jab forward type of fighter and he fought completely differently in this fight he was on his feet and moving at Nimkov's pace you know we I spoke earlier about whatever fight it was fighting at their pace uh, and, you know, the the main event in the other crowd with, with Dumont. And Anglicus from second one, before the fight even fucking started, he was fighting at, at Nimkov's pace. And I just thought that was the wrong thing to do. And you saw the one time when he did hit him and nearly knocked him out, he planted his feet and he just punched right down the middle. And I think against someone like Nimkov, that can work well for you. But, I don't know, I just kind of didn't have it in his mind. I think it may be a little bit early in his career. He's a good fighter. Like, he's... he's a He hits very hard, as everyone has seen. He's good wrestling and everything like that. Maybe his jiu-jitsu isn't on the level as we we saw last night. But, um, yeah, Nimkov Nimkov is on another level. You know, it just really, really is. I, I thought in the second round, like, that kind of throw takedown where he just, like, bullied him a little bit.
1: Big brother, them. Yeah,
0: he really did. And he was like moving into to guard and throwing ground upon him, caught him open. And, and he's just so much faster than him. And like in the third and fourth round, just immediately take him down and start the board of those rounds. And as you say, go for those arm bars over and over. It was just kind of a show of disrespect in in, in a way. not And not disrespect to, uh, to Nimkov or to uh, Ngikas himself, but to his game. Um, and uh, it was just so easy. And in the end, it was a little bit. It was a little bit of a mercy kind of finish, I think, for, for Nimkov. And uh, I think it was better so do,
1: off. Do you want to way out now? Yeah, yeah okay. it, it, was,
0: it was better off that Inglikis didn't take too much more damage. But, um, you know, I, I thought Inglikis did what he was kind of signed up to do when he came in and he threw his hands and he almost knocked him out. But, yeah, it didn't work out great in the end. But Nimkov moves on now, him versus Corey Anderson. That's a fun fucking fight. And obviously we'll speak a little bit more about that whenever it comes up. But, um. I'm really looking forward to that one. That won't be uh that won't be an easy fight for Ederman. I saw someone putting up last night. Book guys had very easy fights. One went fifty one seconds and the other one went four rounds, but they were kind of equally easy, but uh, maybe Nimkov a little bit harder, obviously, because he got hit hard. But um yeah, look forward to that and uh this tournament has been pretty good for for Bellator. So the last couple of tournaments have been good, so uh, good good stuff from them. Next week, Dan and Bellator, Fedor versus Johnson. I'll have a full preview of this over in Sherlock, so we won't go, go too much into it and we'll obviously break it down and review it next week. Uh, but Brian Moore is on this and we, we must mention Brian Moore he's fighting Nikhila, uh, Nikita Mikhailov um, it's great to see Brian Moore back but it's a, it's a pity like two weeks time we're having a fight in Ireland and he's out here fighting a debutant on the prelims
1: I was just thinking that, yeah I'm just like what's going on here yeah no I, I don't know um, it just doesn't I don't see the sense in it at all uh, just making him another random guy on a random card uh, against a random guy. Uh, I don't know.
0: And, like, it's it's not a huge fight. It's not a big name. Like, Mikhailov, I watched a couple of his fights. He's a good fighter and he throws big, hard kicks and I think it'll be a good, exciting fight, but... This would be a good exciting fight to open up the main card in Dublin, you know? Um, and it's, it's grand, like, saying, okay, well, why should Moore get a home fight and, and, and Mikhailov shouldn't? Well, Mikhailov could get it as well. Match him up with someone else and match Moore up with someone else and have Mikhailov fight in Russia and Moore fight in Ireland. I don't know. Like, it feels like Bellator over the last while. They've picked certain guys who they're happy to match in certain places and put in, you know, certain spots. And in other guys, it feels like they're trying to get him caught a little bit, you know? Um, and we saw that with Kiefer Crosby versus Saritana or uh, uh, Um I don't know. I don't know is that with Brian Moore, but I don't think it's going to go well here with Brian Moore because I think he matches up pretty well. Mikhailov and it's it's a good fight. I'm looking forward to seeing it. But you you can speak more about Brian Moore than me, Graham. Over the years, he's been a guy that's been there since day one, hasn't he? And he deserves big fights. And I I feel like we've never seen Brian Moore fight as well as we have over the last a few fights he's really in his prime now isn't he
1: yeah well like yeah. I don't know why he isn't kind of you know pushed a little bit and and, um, promoted on these these local cards Uh, I'm kind of racking my brain here to think why but uh, I don't know maybe it's just because he doesn't he doesn't talk Uh, I don't know I don't know because he's been in there with AJ McKee He's been in there with Daniel Whitechill. He's been in there with some of their top guys, and you know, AJ McKee said himself it was like a the toughest test of his career to date when he went in there against Brian Moore in Dublin. Um, you know, the crowd were right behind Brian in that fight, and he he, he took that fight a uh, difficult fight, and you know, fought really well and gave him gave him a, gave AJ McKee a, a good fight. And you you would think Bellator would want you know to put this guy. Back in another big, exciting fight in Dublin after after that fight, but for some reason, uh, I just don't know. I don't yeah, know why. Exactly. You know, uh, fair enough. If you know, if this card was, if this, if he was fighting like a, you know, a Whitegel or somebody like this, uh, a big name they have uh, on on a card in America, and they didn't want to move it, okay, fair enough. But you know, this is as we said, this is just a random prelim fight. On a random card, and uh, it just doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, makes makes very little sense. But as I said, it's look, it's it's still an opportunity for Brian Moore to win a fight, and uh, you know maybe he wins in ten seconds and he gets in on the Irish card as well. <laughs> I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think, you, uh, never, you know. never know. Double dip it, but uh, yeah. But uh, as a bit as well, Fedor and his retirement fight uh, in the main event, and I suppose there's no point in us, you know, wax lyrical about Fedor now. We should do that next week uh, after the fight. A fight as well. Vitaly Minikov, what a fighter! Fighting uh, Saeed Soma uh, Usman or Magomedov, cousin of um, uh, cousin of Habib, is fighting a guy who is fucking rubbish. And he's gonna destroy. He's gonna absolutely destroy him. So uh, if you're uh, if we are having a bet next week, that'll be the that'll be the one I'm looking at. But uh, we'll we'll see more about that. KSW of a card as well next week. pujanowski versus uh, Bombardier. We spoke about this over the over the chess pack a couple of weeks ago. And uh, and Dini broke uh, most of this card down. Uh, they're gonna have a face off as well between Soldich and, and Khaledov Khalidov. So that should be fun. Bruno da Santos versus is on this And uh, I'm sure we'll have uh, we'll have Shandinny on to uh, to. Review view this as well there's some uh, there's some good fight on it um next there's a risen card as well next week um Saito versus Yoshiko Yuh- and that uh as- ask Asakura and uh you know loads of more people on that as well and in the UFC cards um Paula Costa versus Marvin Vittori. but after that Oh God, um, yeah, Jesus. Grant, mm. look, Grant Dawson versus Rich Klein is a good fight, and now he's been called Ricky. Yeah, Glenn. Bruce
1: Leroy Wu Choi might be an interesting yeah. fight. Uh, yeah,
0: Dwight Grant it's against about. Ronaldo. Ronaldo can be fun at times. I, I like Random Americas, but her against Levana Souza, there's just nothing. Joy Herbert,
1: Joy really. Herbert, uh, yeah. worthy. Cowboy, yeah. yeah,
0: that's a good fight. In fairness, yeah, it is. Uh, there was um who was supposed to be on this. Mason Jones was supposed to be on this against uh, Alan Patrick, but that fell out as well. So that's unfortunate. But yeah, this is a card that's not a good card. Let's be honest there. And I hope...
1: Although looking at it a little bit more, there is a good few fights that are hard to pick you know there's a good one could go either way so you know it could turn out to be a more interesting card than, than this so. week's
0: I, I really hope because so. like we come out here okay we might say it's a bad card but like I'm hoping gets hope that it's a great card because we, we have to sit through it and watch it so it's last week's card brilliant really enjoyed it this week's card not so much hopefully maybe we have something in between in this and uh, this but we'll uh, we'll enjoy that anyway and, uh, as I mentioned that Grant Dawson uh, Rich Glynn Ricky Glynn fight really looking forward to that um I think Grant Dawson's 17 and one now. That's a that's a tough test for him at this stage in he's in 155, and he'll be moving on if he can win that. Um well, what do you think about the main of Ingram? Paulo Costa against Marvin Vittori. To me, they're very two similarly leveled sort of fighters. I think
1: yeah. I think, I think uh, Costa hits harder, but yeah. Vittori has more volume and mm-hmm. maybe will be able to outpoint. I think this is gonna be probably a decision and uh, unless Costa can can get it done early, and if it's gonna be a decision, it's probably gonna be Vittori. He's just kind of relentless with his pressure and maybe Costa hasn't really faced that, uh, or hasn't really beaten that to date. Um, you know, he's beaten Yo Romero, but Yo know, Romero isn't what he used to be. You're Hall. I know you're you're a bit of a maybe rate right, Raya Hall a bit more than, than than some than I do or other people do, but yeah. Um Costa hasn't been fighting that regularly and Vittori's been in there, you know, training for for Adesanya most recently and you know although he did lose pretty you know pretty uh convincingly he didn't look bad in that fight like he probably looks you know I think better than 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 Costa's looked recently so I'd probably edge towards Vittori but I think Costa be dangerous early but I think Vittori can take take a take a big shot and
0: I agree yeah I agree with everything you said like I, I think the key to this is if Vittori can kind of take those shots early, and if he can, I think he's a better fighter than Costa. Like I think Costa, I don't think Costa's a great, <laughs> great fighter. To be honest, he's a he's a big fucking unit, and a very good athlete, and things like that. But um, like I, Vittori isn't the most likable guy in the world, but he is he is a good fighter. And uh, look, it'll be interesting. I think if if Costa can kind of drag him into maybe a little bit of a battle and make it a little bit dirty, he has a better chance. You know, as you said, he's good power; he can catch him with something. But um. Yeah, no, I would, I would favour Vittori to win this one. But sure, look, we'll be watching it. I'm looking here at apology says it's a 1pm ET start time. So that's fucking 6 o'clock here. That's probably... Clashing with a, like a Man United match or something, so fantastic timing for me. It's absolutely perfect. That's when, when I want to have cards on these days. But uh, yeah,
1: uh, I'm glad you brought up. Uh, Man no, no, Man no, no. We're we, going we we to get on you record. Even, whoa, you're,
0: <laughs> you're going for lunch we need to record this uh, this podcast early. No time to talk about Man United. Oh, actually, before we will go as well, um, we myself and Ian did a bit of a podcast and we talked about Lewis Pina, obviously the horrendous um, alleged attack which he's got released from the UFC for. Uh, I think rightly so. So good in the UFC for doing that, and then you know, the, obviously the whole John Jones thing as well, getting released from from Jackson uh, Winklejohn. What, what did you think of that? Like Mike Winklejohn come out and said uh, about John Jones that like he's gone from the gym until he sees something different, and he can come back. in, which like seems like the first time anyone has stood up to John Jones in years. What, do, what did you think of that? Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. It didn't really seem to definitely, you know, it didn't. Uh you know he he didn't say oh you're you're out of the gym and you'll have to you'll have to you know change your whole life to kind of get back in here it kind of seemed like a bit softer than maybe it should be after how many incidents uh, Jones has had over the years but you know he's a he's definitely an earner for that gym you know so they they want them they probably want them uh, want them not to move to another gym and you know go on and turn his turn his life around there but Either way, like I don't think you know. Hopefully, he does, but I don't think John Jones is gonna ever be any different than than he is than he has been for the last however many yeah. 10, 10 years. It feels so. I think you know uh, mm. these kind of soft. Oh, you, we're gonna need we're gonna need to see some 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 change before we have you back. Isn't really strong enough. Yeah. If it... you're gonna if you're gonna kick him out of the gym, kick him out of the gym mm. properly.
0: It feels like John. Look, if this was ten years ago. And the world, you know, the best fighter in the world was kicked out of Jackson Winklejohn. I think it would have been absolutely massive in terms of like a story and everything. I think Jackson Winklejohn isn't what it used to be. And they'd probably like admit that themselves. And I don't think John Jones is the guy who's like synonymous with Jackson Winkeljohn as his coach. Now, they have been for years and years, but it's not like, let's let's say McGregor and Kavanaugh, like they're, McGregor is synonymous with SPG, synonymous with Kavanaugh. If John Kavanaugh threw him out of the gym, it'd be fucking a massive story. And you could, you know, you could say the same about, uh, AKA with Daniel Cormier, say, or, or Habib, maybe, or whatever, you know, they're, they're kind of synonymous with with, with them. I, John Jones, he's in a way, but not not like everyone I think kind of thinks John Jones is just his own man more than anything else so but I do think I do think it was a kick up the arse for John Jones and one that he very fucking rarely has and okay it was maybe light and they said they will bring him back and everything like that but I think um I think someone has finally stood up to him in a in a certain bit of a way and you know there's a few other lads who might need a bit of that as well from from coaches and for people around him you know he's talking about yes men and everything like that it's um at least, at least, someone tried to to, to, to stand up and, and uh, you know change things for John Jones, but um anyway yeah and the contender series as well this week, um Chris Duncan obviously went in there from from Scotland and he, he I think he caught weight like three times he got his day changed, and he ended up meeting uh, Slava Borashev who looks a really really good fighter, uh, Slava Claus. and he he uh, knocked him out with a left hook in the second round after a fun first. Tough one on Chris and I think he'll be back though. I think he's a very good fighter. And you know, it's a tough time for people um, traveling and getting fights caught and getting fights put back on and short notice and cutting weight again. It's uh, it's a real tough time for fighters traveling over to America or traveling anywhere in the world. And in these COVID times, it was mad. And you know, for Jake Hadley, it was a similar sort of thing. F- had a fight cancelled and then came in and short notice, missed weight. But looked great again. You know, looked really, really good and got the finish by the rear naked choke in the second round. And uh, then Dana White went against these matchmakers and did end up signing him. But... I, I think Dana White's odd, and I think he's right to see it. Jack Hadley is a special fighter, and uh, if you were to leave Jack Hadley around and not sign him, I think it probably would have been uh, I probably would have been a mistake. So good stuff there. Unfortunately, it's a, it's a bit strange people.
1: story about the matchmaker storming off because yeah. uh, I don't know what that's all about. Um, but,
0: yeah, so apparently, like Jack Hadley did something to someone backstage or. Uh, after the weight cut he was blaming the UFC or something you know there, there's lots of stories going around but I don't know any of these for tr- for certain but I feel like Caddy was kind of saying afterwards it was um it was a bit of a miscommunication and things like that. And look, hopefully they can move on. You know, the, the thing about this, I think the lads over at the Patreon group are saying uh, the UFC matchmakers have been giving people tough matchups on purpose lately, and uh, <laughs> they might do the same with Jack Hadley. But Jack Hadley's is a start, of guy who will relish that, you know. And uh, he, I think they put him in there against most people in that one twenty five division, and he'll beat him anyway. So yeah. A good win for, for Jake there. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to see him in the UFC. He deserves it. Um But anyway, yeah, that's it from us. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Patreon.com forward slash Severe My Podcast. Click subscribe here if you're listening to this wherever. It's on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Even if you're on one of them, go to another one and click subscribe there. It's absolutely uh, essential. Leave us a, a reply, a review, and all that. Tweet the podcast. Share it in your stories and Patreon. Tag us at Severe May Pod. Sean Sheen B.A. at Severe May as well with Graham. And uh, all that's left to do now is get Graham's inspirational quote of the week. Graham, take it away.
1: Well, the, the Morrissey uh, song quote of the week. Yeah, it should be called the- now. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. It takes guts to be gentle and kind.
0: Beautiful. We'll see you next Tuesday. I'm probably Sunday.